Somewhere near Colchester. Yeah. Uh, we're off to see MAJ Clean Detail. Uh, Michael Francis is the guy who runs the business. Really nice setup. Uh, he's mobile and unit based detailer. Uh, very close to Crazy Horse Dealership for motorcycles and uh, organs. And uh, it's his opening day today, like a private day where he's got some people coming out to see him. Lunch and, and then a bit of a spin out, so we thought we'd go and, you know, go and have a look, go and support one of our fellow accredited details. That's it. Yeah, so where are we at? It's, yeah, we left at just after six this morning after you overlaid. Yeah, I don't remember turning up my alarm, but I think I did somehow. So got you up, got, got on the van, which we cleaned and prepared yesterday, and it's been raining on the way, so nice video on Instagram. Uh, and then, yeah, we're, we're on our way. It's a 235 mile journey down there. Obviously, about the same coming back, hopefully. You'd hope so. Also, side note, there is another opening day on today for Motor Spa, Jake Lynch. Yeah, down at Buckley Museum. We had a good day, hopefully. Unfortunately, we can't be in two places at once. Uh, so, we hope that. that uh, Probably by the time you listen to this, the Jake's Day and Michael's Day have also popped up. So, what are we going to talk about? Good question. We kind of started this, didn't we? Because we were trying to make our Alice set up work. Yeah, yeah. We had some technical challenges because of various things being one, travelling, and two, uh, moving locations and stuff as well. So, it's, uh, it's been an interesting one. Uh, State of the detailing industry at the moment, where are we at? What's your thoughts? I think, you know, we're just about to head into late spring, summer. Yeah. Uh, weather's been atrocious for most people. Well, a couple of past days have been nice. Yeah, we've had a few bits of nice days, but I think predominantly it's, uh, it hasn't stopped bloody raining this year. True. I mean, look at a year ago, we were wearing no tops and running around in shorts. That was your party. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> Not for me. Um, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a tough start to the year for quite a lot of people. I think we've seen, unfortunately, we've seen some very, very good operators uh, close their doors in the last uh, six months. Uh, culmination of a number of things based on the feedback is you know, cost of living crisis has hit the motor retail and uh, detail trade quite heavily. Um, new car sales down uh, are down massively yeah. on it, it, in the UK, and that's that's not driving fresh custom as it were to everybody. Um, and yeah, it just appears as you know, more and more people dropping prices consistently. Which it, it, it's just not making it profitable for a number of businesses. What's your thoughts? Well, I'm going to be quite blunt here, and 
state state my uh, opinion. Here we go. So, when you drop your pricing, I think, you know, for the detailers that are the works, because depending on your target market, you don't really want to be dropping your prices for that higher end of the chart. Because, you know, no offence to classes or anything, but the higher class aren't struggling. No, those who've got money will always have will money. always have money. So you target those people because these, they've, always got the they've always got the money to pay for your cars with me with the privilege of it. <laughs> that pigeon didn't survive. I don't think. Unfortunately, uh, nothing we can do about that. But when you track down the motorway and it falls into your van, what are you supposed to do? That's something else we're going to have to clean. Uh, yeah, so there is that. And I think if you look at the state of the nation with the cost of living challenge, it's people with lower incomes and lower levels of disposable income, should we say, yeah. are the people that are being targeted by cheap retailers or cheap balances. Uh, and those are the people that turn around and go, do you know what, actually, leave it this month. I'll cut my cost down. I'll cut my cost because I've got more important things to make eggs and food and butter and stuff. Yeah. So there is that. Um, but you've got to remain competitive as well. Exactly, yeah. You can't be sat at grand just to wash a car. No. <laughs> so let's think about some strategies how people can get around that. I think uh, short term offer discounts displaying the standard prices it means you can always increase prices and return back to those prices and return back to them without the without the kickback as it were you know if you're running a special offer it's easier that said running special offers we've seen it on our own online store for products from certain clients as well you know set prices we're quite happy to do deals etc uh, every now and again to run a promotion seen the general cost of chemicals in terms of, you know, if you were Joe Blogs buying stuff online, um, you know, people are switching down. So, yes, we've got a premium product, but, you know, we've got to remain competitive. So what we decided to do was, was launch our um, promise to always keep prices low. And that's gone down particularly well this month, is not it? Yeah, Sales, which has helped, so yeah, and lots of fresh new customers to us as well. So um, it's it's a case of if you've got margin and you can operate profitably. There we go. That's what get up at six five thirty yesterday. If you profit, profit. Oh gosh. No, that's oh, that's it. It's done now. If you can operate in a profitable fashion, thanks. Then consider what the upscale in volume is versus the, the higher margin smaller jobs. Now, if you can cope with higher volume to suffer smaller margins, great. But obviously, as a as a as most of the details that we tend to operate with and talk to on a regular basis, it tends to be one man operations, yeah. or woman, or whatever. Yeah. 
also that one person operation can only fit in so many jobs a day. Uh, and you're either going to end up working longer hours, or burning yourself out, or working every day, which sounds great, but trust me, after doing it for a period of time, you're going to burn out. So, our advice has always been try and maximise on every opportunity. And um, don't go too nuts with it. So that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you don't really want to be sat there doing six hours a day every day. You're definitely going to end up breaking your back or something. You know, stick, even if you're doing three cars a week, if they're all high end jobs, you're going to be earning more money than what you've been doing on the six hours. So, you know, you target those higher jobs because you're essentially earning more money on them. Yeah, and where possible, look at your efficiencies. You know, if you're using, I don't know, Compound A, you won't name any brands, <clears throat> and it's, it's doing a job for you, well, you haven't, you haven't looked at something new for a while, then trial something new. You know, we've seen, you know, when we did the NEC back a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, classical restoration shop, we demoed uh, P40 from Surface, yeah, P15, and P15, which were the right combination for the car we were looking after that day. Um, and the speed of the car and the amount of time that it didn't take to clean up, i.e., there was no dusting, it was a nice, fast car, refinement was really easy because of the DRA, motion racing technology. Um, you know, it, it improves your efficiency. Um, and if you can improve your efficiency, you get jobs done quicker. That's the simple term. Yeah. But if you get job done quicker, it gives you more scope for, for volume of work, thus increasing your profitability. Uh, what else have we seen recently in the industry? Well, a big topic for me in detail has always been how far do they go with one job? You because know, most, most detailers are quite OCD with their work, yep. just to say. It's not a bad thing. You know, you, no. No. You know, you'd rather have a perfect car than have a shit job done, to be honest. But, you know, details have got to kind of see where to finish and stop, where, where the line is. You, know, you can spend hours on earning a certain amount before that time. So you have to kind of know your limits, know how much you're getting paid for and when when that time is up as such. Yeah, and stop chasing scratches and stuff. <laughs> like or you look at a card of all imperfections you'll find. Oh god, yeah, and you get front, you know, you get behind a polisher and spend several hours on a vehicle. You can get fixated on points. Yeah. Especially at the NEC when you're looking at a red car. Six hours a day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, but it, 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 I guess, yeah, it's a valid point, Jake. It's, um, let's, let's, uh, let's be realistic and look at the, where we started with the job, what we've promised, or what we've, um, how we've managed the customer's expectation. You know, if you're a detailer and you're saying to customers, I'm going to get 100% of the imperfections out. Or even ninety percent, and you're only going to do a single stage polish on a car. Um, 
mean, you're setting yourself up to fail to a certain degree. Yeah. You're not going to get to that level of perfection. You're either going to be bullshitting the customer, or you're going to be spending a lot more time and it won't be a single stage. Yeah. And or, you've committed to it, you're in for it. Yeah. And you end up spending more time on the job and losing money. And, and, and yes, not a profitable, not a profitable job at the end of the day. So, again, content is the way that we, we tend to turn that. Um, what content are you putting into your service? And how much? You know, if, if your single stage polish with a wax or some form of temporary coating at the end of the day is. Know, half a day's work, three quarters of a day's work, and it's priced out, I don't know, 500 quid for example. Well, that's the service the customer's gone for, and that's what, that's what you get paid for. Uh, but I, oh, I like to over deliver for all my customers' goods. Okay, that's not a bad thing from a customer's perspective. But from a business perspective, you're actually leeching profitability out of your, your own business. Now there's an off, there's a tipping point between uh, delivering that additional, that going that step further, and gaining more referrals and more business off the back of it. But if you do that consistently with every single customer, yes, you might gain on this, but you're going to max out on, on uh, available time anyway. Yeah. Then it comes down to well, should you take somebody else on? And round out the business, yeah, go for it. You've got to remember that that person you take on is probably not going to greatest will in the world, even if you train them and, you know, train them and train them, they probably won't meet your standards. So, you've set that high-level benchmark for your customers over a period of time. You introduce somebody else you can take on additional work because of the referrals your customers give you, and then what happens is the customers see it drop in the level of output from your business. So it's, it's, it's a, it, it can be a vicious circle, can't it? Yeah, I mean, the way to get around this, I think, would be, you know, to over-deliver. If you want to over-deliver and, you know, make your customers happy, show that you are doing more than what they paid for, would just be, quite simply, you know, adding glass or note if they haven't paid for it. But also, by doing that, an extra five or ten or on job anyway. You know, if you put that into your costs of the job, it's not going to cost you anything, and the customer actually thinks that they're getting something for free. So what you're talking about there is cost versus value. Yeah. I price the I'm the customer now. You said right, the job's going to be five hundred quid. Yeah. But my perceived value is a ceramic coating and simple stage, Let's say just for our sake. So, on receipt value, well, this goes back to special offers and pricing. Yeah, the receipt value is, well, I'm getting 700 quid's worth of stuff in for 500 quid. Yeah. Um, and everybody likes a bargain. So, you know, we all like a deal. Why wouldn't you take advantage of that? But you've got to make sure, as you rightly say, James, it's building that cost of yeah, interesting. Interesting point. Um, what else have we seen? 
been at the NEC. We haven't spoken about that. Let's talk about that. Maybe that's it. So well, we exhibited at the NEC with uh, Club Calibra and our tip on YouTube. Yeah. Very nice guy. So we did Tint Calibra Turbo December, was it? November, December, time. Tracking, yeah. Must be now. Yeah. Yeah. 4x4 Turbo. Yeah. Beautiful colour, it was a flip pink kind of lovely colour, wasn't it? Yeah. Quite unusual. Uh, so what did we do on that? We did a single stage pass. And it ended up being on stage. It was on stage. Yeah. And then we nano glazed it and said, gee, you did it. Yeah. Right, with ceramic coating. Um, so Tim invited us up for the weekend. We have never seen the car before, this Calibra. This is his other Calibra. This is red one, yeah. This red one. Never seen the car in our lives. Rocked up. The paint, <laughs> how would you describe it? Cars, cars, it's a cracking car. Yeah. And it's flat red paint. No clear coat. Uh, it wasn't clear coat, I mean, no. Uh, and it was tired. You look dull. So we ended up doing single stage paint because we didn't have much to play with. The bonnet and you know the main things. Well, the paint thing was getting was quite scary. Yeah. Yeah. Some areas we just and somebody had already had a go at the roof. So there's a a painted solvent from those not glass, Uh, and around that somebody had burned through. Or, yeah, or, or it's just, you know, years of hand polishing or whatever, but there were, there were a couple of, the, the bonnet was particularly, particularly thin. So, yeah, paint correction, we estimated we'd probably get 60 to 70% of the out. We met our expectations. Tim's expectations. Oh, Tim was, his face was priceless when he came, wasn't it? So he, he wasn't there during the whole weekend. He came on the final day and he came in with his camera and everything. And his face was just smiling the whole time for the next half hour, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that he loves the turbo, but I think the C4L, the red one, has got a bit of a special place in his heart, that car. And. Yeah, I mean, we turned it around, it looks awesome, and, and nano glaze on that as well, um, because of its, <coughs> because of its, um, its filling properties. You know, for, the, for those, for these imperfections that were left that we couldn't get rid of because the paint was so thin and we risked going too far, the fact that we could level it out a little bit with nano glaze, I think made dividends in another car that's being dogs. Oh yeah, especially when you topped it with Zedgy. Since five, you know, the gloss that was just went through the roof. Which is probably the brightest car there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it looked great. And uh, what, a, what a fun couple of days as well at the NEC. Yeah, lovely group that we were with. New club, shout out to them, Club Calibra. They invited us down to Vauxhall. Yeah, so we'll be exhibiting there as well. We will be um, exhibiting at Vauxhall, which is going to be at Gaydon, um, British Motors Museum. Look it up online on Facebook. Uh, I don't have access to the information because obviously we're on the road. We're on the road, <laughs> but um, yeah, Vauxhall is going to be a classic. 
rally effectively for any, well, anybody who's got a Vauxhall as well, basically. Um, and yeah, I think it's a celebration with Vauxhall. Um, be a nice event. We'll be there. We'll be doing some demonstrations. I think we've got the turbo coming on stand with us. Yeah. So the first one we did. Uh, one, so we're going to end up um, making that look pretty again, I should imagine, over the course of the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, come over, say hi, uh, enjoy your day out. Gaiden, the tickets aren't expensive at all. Uh, British Motor Museum, it's um, is it technically Oxfordshire or is it Warwickshire? It's quite, quite a cusp, isn't it? I think it's Warwickshire. I'm not sure. But Gaiden's pretty famous, you'll find it. it's just off the M40. Um, not far from Banbury, and yeah, well, what else we could talk about on our business move as well? Yes, yeah, yeah. so for those of you who don't know, uh, we have left our unit, uh, moved up to Wales, sunny Wales, <laughs> not so sunny just yet, Wales. yeah, and um, what's the next move for us here? So, um, there's a couple of reasons. One, with what we're doing as a business with how we distribute has changed. We don't really need a dedicated distribution centre ourselves. You know, we can take products and get it sent to you at home or anywhere in the UK pretty quickly using third parties. So that means that we can free up more time to do stuff like this, um, i.e. podcasts, videos, um, media content, go to visit our detailers like and um, building more relationships with, with other motoring clubs and something. Now, uh, we've moved to Wales, it's a lovely part of the world. We've got a beautiful little village that we've moved into. Um, next stages for us, we've got um, a number of discussions coming up with uh, our manufacturing facility, looking at some strategy for this year and some potential new products. Exciting. Which are exciting, but we can't link them here just <laughs> yet. Yeah. So there's some new products coming on board. Um, we're going to look at some changes in regards to um, our guarantee program as well. And yeah, from, from a product perspective, there's a lot going on. Uh, we've also just uh, reached an agreement with a great company called Lano Shield. Now, Lano Shield is a lanolin. Products which is uh, anti corrosion uh, and rust uh, prohibitor, basically. Um, so, that product, our manufacturing facility doesn't make that. Um, it's made by a separate company um, based in Scotland. So, again, a nice British, made in Britain product. Um, and it's designed to protect the, unders, the undercarriage of your vehicle, you know, your, your chassis, etc., stop it rusting up. Cracking product, really nice people. Uh, and the quality of it was what attracted us first and foremost. Yeah, I mean, it's the first product in our store that's not made by us. So yeah. it had to be up to our standards, up to our manufacturer standards for it to be in the store. Yeah. You know, it, it had to be top tier and it definitely met our expectations. And it was it's a lot better than some other nanolin products out there. Yeah, now what? what we're not going to dress it up, and one of, one of the things when we met with Dave, who runs Lano Shield, he was quite blunt about it, which was great. It was really refreshing. He said, Look, 
would basically sell sheep's grease, right? Because lanolin is a byproduct from wool manufacturing uh, and wool processes. So it's a, it's, it's a naturally occurring oil that comes off the sheep's wool, uh, you know, off of that. So it's, a, it's very difficult. There are, there are other people in the world that have done a great job of kind of marketing this product or a similar product. You know, there's, there's a brand out there, they do a great job, a company called Lano Guard, a bit more well established in terms of you know their market presence. But Lano Shield, based on what we've seen and how we've had a play with it, uh, having used both products, Lano Shield from, from our perspective was just a far superior product, wasn't it? Yeah. From the protection to the smell to how to, how to apply it, yeah. everything was just, in my opinion, better. Yeah, and you know, Dave's company is a marine business, and the great thing about Lano Shield um, is that it is 100% natural and eco-friendly. So it's eco-friendly. It's 100% natural. Um, there's no petroleum or petroleum or, or, or you know, there's nothing in there. That could be you know, harmful in any way, shape, or form. So it's totally marine safe. It's marine grade. What we've got with the auto body version of it is a fantastic rusting and corrosion preventative treatment that can be done by professionals or you can do it at home as well. So, you know, you class car owners, we've got not only the unders. You know, we've got great ceramic coatings and polymer coatings for your paintwork, and wheel coatings to protect your wheels, interior protection from leather and fabric, all under the circonite banner, got glass treatments under the circonite banner, and now we just topped it all off with we can also apply the use of the Lano Shield um, treat the underside of your vehicle and help corrosion as well. So. I think that's, that, that just made sense from our perspective, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can offer that to all of our customers, all of our detailers. You know, why, why protect the top of your car when you can protect the bottom of it as well? Yeah, yeah, and I think it's, it's a great income stream for detailers. Yeah, it's a service they can offer. Yeah, it's a service that they can offer. Um, if you want to do it at home as a, as a, a enthusiast, you know, a classic car enthusiast, it's easy to do. It's not a you know, it's not a challenging application. Um, and with Lano Shield, which is now on our store, the Zircon Shop store, um, you know, going to get a proper made of brick product. We've got all the safety data sheets for it. Again, very important from our perspective um, that everything's done the right way. So that's really exciting as well. Yeah, I mean, Dave was really nice guy as well. Uh, what else do we have? British, Mo- British Motor Show, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Smoke Show's coming up in August. It's uh, weekend of the 19th, there or thereabouts, of August in Farnborough. We uh, are going to be there. We're going to be exhibiting at that show for the duration of it. It's a great show. Lots to go and see and do with love cars in the automotive industry. Um, we are going to be 
in with the Petrol Headquarters team on Link in the same area. It's around some customer and, and smart cars, so that's going to be exciting. That'll be great fun. It is Lorraine and, and my uh, sort of wedding anniversary again that weekend, so <laughs> it's like every weekend that uh, Bridgeman should run it, it's always uh, our wedding anniversary, so uh, Lorraine's going to get to come and uh, uh, spend a lovely weekend with me in Farnborough, uh, rather than somewhere romantic. I'm not saying Farnborough isn't romantic if you live there, but, <laughs> yeah, that's it's nice and nice. There's, there's romantic, <laughs> and then there's romantic, so good. Well, I think that kind of wraps us up, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, we haven't got anything else on the go in a minute. There's always stuff, there's on, always stuff on, but I mean, <laughs> what that we can talk about. Yeah. So, listen, um, if you like the podcast, drop a comment. Ask us some questions. Tell us what you want us to talk about in the next episode. And um, we'll do that. I think that'd be great. We had some lovely feedback from some listeners recently. Um, so, yeah, please leave a comment, follow us, share the podcast at Clean Car Collective. If you are a detailer, a detailing enthusiast, just someone who loves their car, take a look at our shop. Zirconite.co.uk, all of our products are made in Britain. Take a look. Uh, it's real high quality stuff, but without the premium price tag. So, thanks very much, Jake. Thank you. And uh, have a great day. <laughs>